Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Canfield. This is season two, episode... 10 million. We are dealing with a very tired and hungover Jeremy Hoffman. Oh, just call me out right at the start, why don't you? Well, you... Uh, I like the, uh, the... This is the new... Well, this is somewhat the new Jeremy. Come into uh, my apartment where we record uh, Did You America going, Oh, God, I'm so tired. I went out for Cinco de Mayo. It's supposed to be a few drinks. There's too many drinks. I stayed out way too late. And we're recording this at uh, 2.30 in the afternoon. And uh, that's 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 the old Jeremy that I know. This is where the new Jeremy comes in because I said, Well, you know, once you've done uh, the podcast, you can go home and sleep. And Jeremy goes, No. I have to work out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try and keep this body up. I told you, white boy summer is right around the corner. You are uh, definitely uh, pursuing the workout regime with some gusto. I mean, we're, we're well, like two, three weeks in, I would have thought that you'd have given up by now. Uh, yeah, I'm going strong. Here's the issue, though. The, you know, obviously, the uh, midweek drinking was a bit of a mistake, especially that I had to wake up for work at five in the morning today. That was probably not the smartest call. But I'm in this weird stage of life where I'm teetering between being like holding on to my childhood and just becoming a full-fledged adult. I told you on uh, Monday when I got home after this podcast, I had my single most adult moment in the history of my life. So you know how like old white dads are like really into weather and like sparking up conversation with random people they don't know and like trying to be all like manly and Mr. Fix It. Mm -hmm. So when I got home from recording this podcast, I uh, when I pulled up to my house, I saw one of my neighbors was, uh, they, had, they were getting some yard work done and the people working on the yard were taking this massive tree and jamming it into a wood chipper. Now, old young Jeremy would have just been like, whatever, I'm gonna go get high in my house. Screw these guys doing work. I stood outside for 10 minutes and watched them jam this tree into the wood chipper with such excitement. At one point, I pumped my fist in the air. I don't know why, but I was so excited by the work. But it doesn't end there. Then, when they were done jamming the tree into this machine, I walked over and started asking them questions about the machine that I have no idea how to use and will never use, but I needed to know. That is the single most adult thing you do. I finally feel like a white male. When you're uh, looking at wood chipping as if it's some sort of artistic installation. It was so bad. And, and you felt so excited that you were meeting the artist and had <laughs> and, and had a dozen questions. It was basically a Picasso. Did, did, you, did, you, did you go there and go, ah, I gotta ask you about your process. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this is the T two nine fifty three. Yeah, it's a good machine. It's a good machine." <laughs> That's really good. You know what I do because uh, I can't deal with any kind of uh, manual labor, even the most basic form. Um, if any of my friends send me uh, any pictures of, of of anything they've done, rather than sort of congratulate, well, I do congratulate them on whatever they've built. 
But that's really not my main point. My follow-up is always, oh, I've got something like that you could do for me. Like, I've got <laughs> my, buddy, right. my buddy Eddie went out and bought some patio furniture weeks ago. And uh, we've been joking about the fact that he hadn't got around to, to putting it together. He sent me a picture earlier on this week of the, you know, the table and chairs and it is all built and it's out there on his patio. And uh, so I sent a reply going, uh, oh, you know, I've still got a guitar that needs to be mounted on the wall. Like I, <laughs> I took his patio furniture and thought, huh, well, he could probably put my guitar on the wall as right. well. Like, so it seems if ever, like he's good at wall mounting. Anyone, anyone who's in my like my orbit of uh, friends who does anything basically with a toolkit, anything that involves a screwdriver or more, if you show me or tell me that you've done something like that, I go, oh, I've got this that you could come around and do for me. See, this is perfect because you just described the other side of me, which is how I remain a child. So my group of friends... They just know at this point that they have to do anything and everything for me. Our group chat is basically consisting of me asking them for favors because I don't live near my mom anymore. <laughs> like, how do I do this? Hey, is it okay if I wash these clothes on warm? What's going to happen? <laughs> like, one of my friends is known to, anytime I need any manual labor, he's coming over to do it, no questions asked, because he knows. Otherwise, it will not get done. Well, it's good to have friends that can do those kind of things, right? right? Well, the other thing is, is they've also kind of accepted the fact that I, I'm slowly becoming the bum of the group. Like, you know, uh, I'll admit, when I was growing up as a kid, I, I had a pretty wealthy family. So, like, you know, I was well off. I had money. I was comfortable. You had a chef. I, had, no, I wish. <laughs> I, that's where this gut came from. Um, I, uh, so, you know, I was definitely comfortable. But now I've hit this stage where all of my friends have surpassed me and they look at me like, man, he's really screwed up his life. So like anytime we go out again, no questions asked. They're all like buying me things. I told you the other day, one of a, one of my good close friends, she graduated last week. She got an engineering degree and you know, I was excited for her. So I bought her a gift. I went and got her a plant and in the card, Hang I got a minute. That's also very adult. Yeah, I mean, you just... She likes the plant. You're so, you're so impressed with your wood chipper process that you've now learned about. You just almost skimmed over the plant as if that wasn't a very adult thing. So when, you're, when you're gifting plants, it shows that you are gifting with maturity within a friendship group that is mature. Well, usually, I've actually always gifted with plants. The only thing is, is usually those plants were weed right. and not actual <laughs> right. plants. So I got this plant, and in the card I wrote, School sucks. At least it's over now. When you get a job, please buy me things. <laughs> Making it even better. I also got her a happy Mother's Day grandma card because I felt that fit graduation more than a graduation card. Nice. So yeah. that's just kind of what I'm getting at. Those like my group now understands that I am the most worthless out of them all and they have to do everything for me. I'm not going to lie. Nor at first I was kind of offended. I fucking love it. It's great to have people that can do stuff. I don't do anything. And they just they just feel bad for me. It's like, sure, they can make fun of me, but who's going to make fun of the derpy puppy dog, you know? And that's basically what I've become in my life. Right, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm just a giant derpy puppy dog. Who now knows a thing or two about wood chipping. Exactly, the one dog you're not afraid of. Now, I thought of you uh, this week because uh, have you seen these pictures of fat Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> yes. By the way, I mean, not not fat. 
fatter yeah, yeah, yeah. from the point of view that he was extremely fit now he's he's got a bit of a bit of a dad bod i think i'm at the point where i can start making fun of him you know calling him well, like making fat jokes calling him chubby little pig and stuff like that so he's doing uh some movie uh where he's uh got to gain a bunch of weight I've always been kind of impressed with the actors or, or actresses, sexist, don't be sexist, right. um, who choose to get into the fat shape to play a role when previously they've been very, very fit. Um, because with the prosthetics and all that kind of stuff now, you probably don't have to do that, right? right? Like you Christian could, Bale, I think, did it a few right. years ago. I, I mean, there was, um, what was that... Uh, I can't remember whether it was a movie or it was on HBO because there were two rival versions that came out around oh, the same the time. The Fox, the, one, yeah, the Fox right. News thing, and that was Russell Crowe, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Um, whichever version of the Fox News story Russell Crowe was in, I think HBO. Yeah. Um, if you didn't know it was Russell Crowe, you would never have guessed it was oh, him playing Roger Ailes. It was the most amazing transformation. And obviously, he's a great actor who could play that part, but visually, a lot of that was done in the special effects department, yeah, right? Yeah, my favorite part of that is, you know, I, I do find it impressive also. I obviously find it a little bit more impressive when they lose weight as opposed to gain weight. <laughs> right. But uh, when Christian Bale did it for to play Dick Cheney, mm. and then he his next movie was the Ford Ferrari movie, I remember Matt Damon, who was his co-star in that movie, came out and was like, basically saying like, oh, Hollywood, they make us do this, it's not healthy, we shouldn't have to do... It was a weird stance to take, because no one's forcing Christian Bale to gain 100 pounds for a role. He wanted the role and said, I will gain 100 pounds for this, but yet, like, Matt Damon was like, we need to come together and hire more fat actors for these roles. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I, that's where they all get way too woke for me, because it's acting. Yeah. The whole point of acting is you are portraying someone else. That is your skill. If you just hire someone who is the person, they're not acting, right. are they? It's funny because like obviously the one side of it that is negative is if someone wears blackface. You know, no one wants to see that in 2021. Right. We've all agreed that that is extremely Jimmy offensive. Kimmel will tell you, although he did very much enjoy his summer off. Right. Well, that and, you know, of course, Robert Downey Jr. found a way to do it in a comedic way in Tropic Thunder. But for the most part, it is never a good thing for a white actor to put on blackface. Right. But for some reason, over the last three years, apparently now there's like women face and gay face and Asian face and all these different faces that you can put on that apparently we've been hiring the wrong people for years. <laughs> right. Well, here's the thing with, uh, with Mark Wahlberg that uh, it struck me with this story. So um, he's gaining weight. He's eating 7,000 calories a day. Is that uh, what? Uh, according to the newspaper report I'm reading, that's three times what the average American uh, eats. Your trainer should tell you this. I was going to say, 7,000 seems like a nice day for me. But he's working with doctors and nutritionists to make sure he's not killing himself with, with junk. So when I first saw the photo, I was thinking, okay, if he's not worried about Obviously, he's intentionally putting on the, all the weight. He's not worried about the work he'll have to put in to lose all the weight so he can go back to being... Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Fit, Mac, uh, fit, fit Mark Wahlberg. Um, then, um, you know, method acting, he's doing it, and I'm thinking, well, 
it's probably enjoying it because I remember reading about Mark Wahlberg's workout regime and it wasn't just about the strict exercise and diet it was the time of day that he gets up and so on and so forth his entire day is basically working out and diet yeah and I'm thinking well he's probably enjoying breakfast in bed of like two dozen pancakes and then maybe he gets up at about 12.30 and then at 12.30 like he eats like a ton of really fatty hamburgers with massive slices of bread and um so on and so forth. So um, he's gained uh, 20 pounds in three weeks and he's putting on another 10 pounds. But he's enlisted a personal chef in order to do it. So he uh, eats these 7,000 calories a day. This is what I found astounding. He's basically living the same lifestyle as he was when he was fit, Mark Wahlberg, with probably the same foods He's just eating way, way more of them. Right. He's not having breakfast in bed and making it coffee and donuts. Gets up at 3 a.m., has four eggs, followed by a workout. That's the same as what he would have done before, only maybe it would have been an egg. Then he has eight eggs, six strips of bacon, a cup of rice, two tablespoons of olive oil, and a protein shake. What about eating three times the amount of calories per day uh, than the average American would eat suggests that you should have a protein shake in the mix of that? Then he's got some kind of ground beef or ground turkey, either in a burger patty or a meatloaf, plus another cup of rice. This also sounds very similar to the the Atkins or the whatever the high-protein diets are. Then he's got roasted chicken with more rice. Then he's got a veal chop or a pork chop. Then he's got a piece of salmon with olive oil and beets. Then he's got eight ounces of some kind of steak. And then the nightcap is a mash consisting of one cup of cooked steel-cut oatmeal, two tablespoons of applesauce, two tablespoons of jelly or jam, two tablespoons of almond butter, and a tablespoon of molasses. Now, that to me sounds like the only unhealthy part of this. The rest of it all sounds like very healthy food. He's just eating way, 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 way too much. And then this is the most astonishing thing. Bearing in mind, this is a man who is supposed to be having more than three times the amount of recommended calories for the average American male. He has a cheat day over the weekend where he'll go to his favorite restaurant and eat loads of pasta, pizzas, or cookies. Just so, like, why... It should why be a, he just do that? It should be a cheat life at the moment. You, like, stay in bed and order Domino's. What is, like, basically he's dieting or not dieting the same way that he diets like an asshole? You know, he, <laughs> he has to be way better than everyone. Like, here's the thing, is, you know, whenever you hear, you know, these stories about The Rock or Mark Wahlberg's diet, and, you know, they only put these things out so you'd be more impressed by them. You know, oh, I wake up at 3 a.m., I'm worked out for five hours before I even have my first pancake, and, like, all these ridiculous things are, like, The Rock will put out a video of his cheat day, it's him eating, like, 30 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, why... Why do you have to do that same thing for getting fat? Mark Wahlberg, save your money. I can help you with getting fat. I did it for 28 years. Right. Well, see, there might be an argument here to suggest that he's doing this wrong because I was astounded to read that that is the regime for fat gain. 
And the role may be Jeremy Hoffman, fat coach. Because <laughs> Perfect. We, we just discussed the fact that Hollywood likes to method act these parts. They would rather put on the bulk, and I mean the fat, not the muscle, rather than just go to the, uh, the makeup department and say, make me look fat, right? They could hire you. Because the first thing I'm assuming, and you know, I bow to your superior knowledge you, when, it, when it comes to fat, right? The first thing Fat Walter Becker would do is stroll in, well, maybe more waddling, waddling, (laughs) waddling to Mark Wahlberg's massive house. First of all, moan about how many stairs he's got to get to his bedroom, (laughs) right? And when it's at 3 a.m. and he's about to say, oh, chef, I need my four eggs before I do my workout, you go, no, here's 15 pancakes, get through them. Watch him eat 15 pancakes and then go, and now we're going to move from the bed to the sofa where you're going to Netflix and binge while eating a dozen donuts. Right. Right? And, you know, I I get, like, he's trying to do this in the healthiest way possible. But someone with the normal body of Mark Wahlberg will be able to snap back into shape like that. Do you Have you ever watched a show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Uh, Yeah, no, I've seen it, yeah. One of the guys on the show, Rob McElhenney, he, uh... So one of the seasons, he decided he wanted to get fat for the season. You know, it was a joke about how normally in TV shows, everyone looks better over time. So he thought, like, wouldn't it be funny if all of a sudden I was a big fat mess? Right. So what did he do? He stopped working out. He stopped dieting. And he gained a ton of weight and got a gut. And the next season, he lost all the weight and got into the best shape of his life. And went, you know, all these... Uh, reporters and magazines and news entertainment stuff started asking like oh my god what is your secret how did you lose all this weight and every time he would respond it was crazy when i dieted and exercised i was able to lose weight and when i did it i gained it Mm. it's pretty much as simple as that i do think if you get to uh, an, an adult age the ways in which you lose weight and become more healthy Almost all adults know them, right? That paying trainers, nutritionists, all that kind of stuff, if you've got the money and you can afford it, so you've just got the people around you to constantly make sure you're doing the right things, obviously that makes it easier. But essentially, there are do's and don'ts, and this is intellectual knowledge that pretty much every adult has. You don't need to subscribe to the latest celebrities fitness workout on YouTube or or, or wherever it is. You know the do's and don'ts. You're just too lazy to break your bad habits and and, and, and to stick to a regime. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go the route that Mark Wahlberg does here, again, is it even worth it to be fat or fit if you're gonna go to that level do it just be and let the role go to someone else take the fourth transformer movie you're fine you don't need to play the fat role <laughs> are, uh, are a bunch of uh, fat people picketing his house at the moment saying that he's stealing like danny devito's leading them and, like and there's and there's and there's a bunch of fat people behind him picketing his house in the picket yeah line. because rolling in the picket line because he is stealing roles from fat people and that he i mean Mark Wahlberg, you need to be more woke. You know, like the Walmart fat people scooters. I just imagine like all of them in those, like not, like barely with the sign in the air. And you know, they're still tired because that He's finger like, is pressing. Oh my god, I'm under siege by rascals. <laughs> just like circling his house. The that, f- the fat woke Hollywood Hollywood brigade. That's how he's gonna start getting back into shape. He's gonna have rascals chasing him down the street like Rocky. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, that might uh, that, that that might be a thing. By the way, uh, just uh, on another side note, talking of uh, uh, apparently fat people in entertainment, have you seen the story about this plus-sized um, Asian band that have no. come out? Right. Well, so there was a story the other week. Uh, I think last weekend it came out about um, people were uh, surprised and in some cases applauding the fact that there was a plus-sized Asian boy band. Uh, and they were saying like, oh, this is good. And, and making a big thing that they were slightly, well, the headline would lead you to believe that they were like sumo wrestler size. Right. I took a look at it. I can't remember their name. Google plus size Asian boy it. band. So we get the name um, and people can look this up. But I saw the photo of them and I thought, well, they just look like a boy band who, if you were the manager and you wanted your typical looking boy band, you might say, you need to spend a bit more time in the gym. They are known as the Produce Pandas, <laughs> which is the greatest name ever. You better not be fat shaming them because this this band needs to go to the top. Screw BTS and all thirty of them. I want the fat Asians. Well, I didn't. I when I read the article, I didn't know whether I was being not woke, too woke kind of woke enough i was because i'm the rules keep changing about what you can and can't do and i get very confused by it but my takeaway from this was people were saying i guess oh look it's good they're not you know they're not kind of like 10 percent body fat and bulging muscles but it was presented as if they were going to be really fat which of course a lot of people celebrate now oh you can't fat shame we're going to have like huge models because big can be beautiful and i looked at it and i was like well they don't they're not fat they're just yeah. you know not in massively great shape like they could if they hit the gym with your trainer they could probably be in uh typical boy band shape in about a month i was gonna say i just now pulled up a photo of them i aspire to be these guys right. shape. they don't look fat at all they look like middle-aged lazy asian boy band they look like what joey fatone looks like now trying to be in a boy band <laughs> right okay I mean, this is i was i mean if anything i get like the plus size band. at least do it the other way you know get like yao ming set all seven five of him in the boy band and let's watch him sing that's a plus size boy band right yeah so anyway that that just suddenly came to my mind while we were discussing um the size of celebrity yeah i mean these are again i'm astonished because there's not none of these guys even have a belly on them no They're just not like Petite. <laughs> also, I, I wonder if it's just a set up for a good business deal because since you reminded me, they're called the Protein Pandas. Produce Pandas. Sorry, the Pro Produce Pandas. Right. Um, as I said, with a good diet and a personal trainer, within a month they could be super ripped because oh, they're sure. because they're not fat at all. Is it just a setup to endorse some kind of products that, that you know, <laughs> because their name, the produce pandas suggest they're going to go down that route. You know, like when, um, Adele, everyone was, was going, oh my God, what a great voice she's got. And uh, she's like, yeah, 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 I'm slightly bigger than your average singer and I don't care. And she released a couple of albums like that. And then suddenly she was like, actually, I prefer being thin. Look at me now, right? <laughs> and, but by the way, they're nowhere near as big as Adele was when she was bigger. Right, of course. I, uh... <clears throat> 
all I'm stuck on now is that they definitely should be named Protein Pandas instead of Produce Pandas. And when we start a cover band of the Produce Pandas, our name will definitely be the Protein Pandas. Yes, the, you, we, we will be in a cover band of Produce Pandas. We'll call ourselves Protein Pandas. And the it will be your journey from now to try and get as in shape as they are. Lead single, banging steaks. Let's do it. <laughs> One other thing on Mark Wahlberg before we uh, finish up. The other thing that's, that's always got me about this regime, and okay, if you want to be super fit and you want to eat well and do it right, fine, 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 fine. But this whole thing about he starts his day at 3 a.m. and goes to bed at 7 p.m., there's absolutely no reason for that. You could shift that back to starting your day at 6 a.m. and going to bed at 10 p.m. and live more normal hours. There is no If he starts at 6 a.m. rather than 3 a.m., nothing is going to change in terms of his physical fitness. He's just doing that to show off. Again, right. This is all about Mark Wahlberg proving that he's an asshole. This is what they do. He wants you to be impressed by what he does. So he doesn't do the easy thing. That's why he works out 12 times before having a cup of coffee. Right. If uh, Proji's Pandas are listening... They are. You could be setting your alarm for 6.30 and everything's going to be good, right? <laughs> I, that, 6.30 will be good for you to work on some stuff. Um, all right, we have Song of the Week, uh, which you can vote for at the moment via our website or on my Twitter where I'm at Ian Canfield. Our website address is didyouamerica.com. Uh, three songs. Uh, these are your choices for this week. I've gone with Choker, the new one by 21 Pilots. I went with Nobles by the Al featuring Earl Sweatshirt and Navy Blue. And uh, New York producer Oblivion by Royal Blood. So if you want to vote, I'm at Ian Camfield on Twitter, or you can vote via the website didyouamerica.com. Oblivion by Royal Blood, Nobles by The Alchemist featuring Earl Sweatshirt and Navy Blue, or Choker by 21 Pilots. Didyouamerica.com to vote via the websites, or go to the poll on my Twitter, where I am at Ian Camfield. Part two of today's Did You America, coming up. All right, let's do part two of Did You America. I'm Ian Camfield. He's Jeremy Hoffman. I'll tell you, in the break, I just told the best story about Sebastian Bach and Guns N' Roses. If only the tape was rolling. Yeah, this this part two is going to be terrible. We burned ourselves out oh, on that. Well, let's just uh, tease it. I'll do it again on a uh, on another day, the night that I was on stage with Guns N' Roses. So good. Oh, so good. And the best thing about this story is just when you think it's great, it gets even better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a tease. When we eventually tell this story like a year yeah, moving on. Here's a story about Dallas Airbnbs. Okay. <laughs> How about that, radio professionals? What about that segue? <laughs> if, we, if this was a radio show and we had one of those asshole consultants, he'd be like, Ian, you just said that you had a story about being on stage with Guns N' Roses and now you're going to talk about the council debating on Airbnbs. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> so uh, this is something uh, that caught my eye on um, NBC5 this week. The city of Dallas is uh, struggling with how to regulate short-term rentals uh, listed on Airbnb. And I'd, what is VRBO? I've not used that I've one. I've never heard of that one. No, apparently that's the rival to Airbnb. I, I've always done Airbnb. Are you really a rival if no one's heard of you? Well, we might just be very out of touch. True, very true. So the debate is um, locals in the DFW area who uh, own houses don't like the house next door being used on Airbnb because sometimes they have some um, 
you know, unkind customers who don't treat the place with respect, but the people who rent out places on Airbnb go, no, we keep everything up to a certain standard. We don't have nuisance tenants and uh, we want to carry on uh, making our money. I got to tell you with this, I've stayed at Airbnbs on a number of occasions. I've not had a bad experience with Airbnb. The places that I stayed at were always as they were advertised. Um, and I loved the convenience of the Airbnb, especially if you're going to be in a place for a, a week or more, because it tends to be way cheaper than a hotel and you tend to have way more space because you're renting a right. house or someone's apartment. So there's the comfort factor. And sometimes it ends up being way cheaper too. I, just said, I oh, just said that. I thought you just said space. I just said cheaper. I was drinking water. I wasn't paying attention to wow. you. Wow, okay. I, have I worn you out with my Sebastian Bach story off air? now? <laughs> <laughs> there's only so much talking at Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy can take from me and, I, and I've definitely like exceeded that limit it's nap time man i need a break <laughs> yeah definitely you get more space generally so more comfort and way way cheaper um and the other thing that i always loved about airbnbs is that i would rent them when i was living in shitsville if you're new to this podcast that's what i call the uk where i come from because it's a shithole country of course um and when I was living in Shitsville, all I wanted to do was live in America. So whenever I, any vacation, I always went to America. I never went anywhere else. But I would also try and time up that vacation with having meetings with people that might want to give me a job and stuff like that. But my big thing was I, I just wanted to live in America. So when I was on vacation in America, I always wanted to make it feel like I was living there. So an Airbnb is, is perfect for me, and you're going to laugh at this. I would be excited about the fact I would have a kitchen and stuff because <laughs> I, I didn't want to feel right. like... I, I wanted to... I would be excited that I, rather than checking into a hotel, I would check into an Airbnb, and it would be a functioning house or apartment, and there would be a kitchen, and there would be a store that I would drive to, and I'd buy stuff, and then I'd come back, and because for a week, it felt like I was living the way I wanted to spend the rest of my life. Yeah, see, I mean... At that point, the only benefit of being in a hotel is having people do stuff for you, right. cleaning, room service. No, stuff no, no, like no, that. no. I actually wanted to do. It's the only time I wanted to do stuff for myself because I wanted to feel like I was living there. You're like these dishes are going to be awesome when I clean them. There was an Airbnb that I had um, right off of Sunset Boulevard. It was a small apartment, but it had uh, massive floor to ceiling windows in the small front room, and it was literally one block behind the Whiskey-A-Go-Go. And it had, I stayed at it three times. There was this uh, leather rocking chair that basically was positioned in the window. And you could sit in this chair and rock backwards and forwards, look out of this massive window and see the back of the Whiskey-A-Go-Go and the Rainbow Bar and Grill just down there and the traffic on Sunset Boulevard. And I'd just be like, Oh, this is what I want my life to be like every day. And in a minute, I'm going to cook some dinner that I bought from the Ralphs down the street. And I was, everything about that excited me because it was like I was living there. So, so wait, hold on. Your ideal vacation is to sit in a rocking chair and stare at traffic in the back of a building. <laughs> yes, got it, got because it. that's how much I am in love with America, everybody. <laughs> Although I would say... There was something a little bit creepy about that particular Airbnb. So it, also the other thing about that Airbnb, one block behind the Whiskey A Go Go, 
I think you'll find, if you watch the movie or indeed read the book, that one block behind the Whiskey-A-Go-Go is where the Motley Crew apartment was. Ah. And I don't know if I was in exactly the same building because there are probably three buildings that are in very close proximity that could be considered one block behind the Whiskey. But as far as I was concerned, I was in the Motley Crew apartment for, for, for the weeks that I spent in that particular Airbnb. That rocking chair used to be a sex swing. Oh, absolutely. Before Tommy Lee could afford to get his garden landscapes right. and get the sex swing and afford a boat that he could honk the horn on with his dick, <laughs> he just used to have a, a rocking chair that came from Goodwill and uh, you could still see the cum stains. No, you couldn't. Um, <laughs> So, in actual fact, a, a, a funny story. I was doing some work with Nikki Six around that time, and um, I went to his house for a meeting. He lived like an hour's drive uh, away in Los Angeles. And uh, I said to him, oh, you won't believe this. I'm, uh, I think the, the street is Clark Street. I said, uh, I'm, I'm in this apartment up Clark Street. It could be the Motley Crew apartment. Were you trying to get him to relapse? <laughs> I said, yeah, do you want to come and shoot up heroin in the closet for, for <laughs> old time's time. sake? <laughs> Started having like PTSD shakes. <laughs> right. Clark Street, you said, huh? I was like, we could go down the rainbow and uh, pull two chicks and you could do that thing with the phones where you, you know, that, that thing. <laughs> so um, anyway, I go, and it's funny because all that there's been so much attention drawn to this, uh, you know, apartment in the book and in the movie, if you've seen the, the you know, the dirt on Netflix. Um, and so I got into this conversation with Tom, uh, with uh, Nikki Six, and maybe this is just a way, that, a mechanism that he has whereby he doesn't relapse. Because I'm giving him all this detail on where the apartment is, and I'm like, "Tell me, it's the same build, right?" And he goes, "I yeah, I, it's the right street." I, he goes, "Ian, we could drive there now. I wouldn't know if it was the same apartment." <laughs> I'm like, "Damn, yeah." I have a feeling the '80s is a whole decade he doesn't remember. I'm like, "But it's one block behind." You're very sweet. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe just he goes if you want just tell your friends it is yeah, just follow the trail of cocaine you'll find the house well i mean if you believe the partying i at one point i did start to go through all of the closets and the cupboards thinking there might be some residue so they probably got even though it's now 30 40 years later we might still have a stash left know. somewhere um one sort of kind of creepy experience I did have in, in that apartment building. So it's, it's not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not like a high-end apartment building. So it's got a bunch of different apartments in it and um, some parking spots out the front. And um, there was always, the, 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 the neighbor on the floor below, because you went, walked up some steps to get to the, the, this apartment was on the top floor, always had their door open whenever, and I always thought this is, this is a bit That's suspect. A bit I never saw anyone. But always, you know, you've got like the mesh door and then the actual yeah. front door. Um, what, what do you call the me mesh door? Mesh like, door yeah, works, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was always, oh, I don't, uh, wonder what goes on in there. Like, that's a bit bizarre that the doors are, I could always hear Did a TV. Did you ever walk in? Well, no, this is the thing. I never saw anyone. The door was always open. And I was just thinking like, well, I, I didn't think anything more of it until I've been there about five days. And I uh, got this car rental. As I said, there's a lot of parking spots out the front of the building. There's a note left on the windshield of my car saying, hey, saw you in Juan's apartment. Juan was the, the guy, that, owner, the, right. the, 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 the Airbnb person. Um, 
Welcome to the neighborhood. If you want to stop him, my door's always open. What? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. You know, if you walked in, that guy would have been tied up in a gimp outfit, right? I think there might have been an element of that going on. I mean, this is this guy. Welcome to my sex dungeon. This is, I mean, if you're going to do an Airbnb, this is the neighbor you want because he's never going to complain about random people showing up. He wants them in <laughs> right. his apartment as well. Do you think this is like a t- was like a tandem deal between Juan and the neighbor? They're like, all right. Like, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you stay here rent free, whatever. But like, y- you got to creep out the people that are staying here. Every I, I don't know whether maybe it was added value to the Airbnb. Like they say, you got a rocking chair that you can sit in. It used to be used by Motley Crue for sex. You can see the back <laughs> of the Whiskey a Go Go and the traffic on Sunset Boulevard. And if you go down the steps of the apartment below, he will be there, ass up in a gimp mask in some kind of sling, just like the swing. This guy too <laughs> available for sex. Yeah, when you get bored of shagging on Tommy. Lee's rocking chair, if you want to upscale it and go to an actual sling with a gimp, uh, that'll be downstairs. Um, It'll be the apartment with the door open, and if he likes the look of you, he'll leave a note on your windshield. So... That was like the AAA pass. That was the laminate to get. What did, what did you do with the note afterwards? Like, did, I'm guessing you didn't follow up with no, it. No, I absolutely didn't go to the apartment. And my first um, thought... That's how you get murdered. Well, exactly. And but my first thought was, I kept the note open on the coffee table in my Airbnb because I thought if this guy comes and kidnaps me and murders me, I want to leave this as evidence for when the cops, you know, have a look around the apartment. Right. Also, you should have left it there to be like, hey, Juan, just so you know, your creepy neighbor is doing this to your guests. (laughs) Well, so... Five stars. Aside from that, the the slightly creepy neighbor, uh, that Airbnb I loved and I've had various other Airbnbs that I also loved. However... If I was uh, the uh, permanent resident in an apartment or a house and the next door neighbors were renting out their place to an Airbnb and I had, you know, nuisance and noisy neighbors, I think I would suddenly become very anti-Airbnb, right? right? I like to be... Case by case. Literally. So I can kind of understand uh, the residents of DFW going, no, kick this out, make Airbnb illegal. They're basically going to do what they did with the scooter seat. That's what happens in Dallas. Every time, like, we get a new trendy thing, it goes away very fast because people find a reason to hate it. Remember when all the scooters were all around right. Dallas? Those are now nowhere to be found. Airbnb is essentially the same thing. I, I stayed at an Airbnb in Phoenix that was, um, it was a friend of a friend, and he had an apartment in a building uh, that had very strict... Airbnb not allowed rules in this building. And so he said to me, you can stay there, do the Airbnb deal. But if you run into anyone, we're friends, it's not Airbnb. And um, I ended up, uh, this is, I lived in Phoenix for like four years, but this is before I moved there. So I barely knew anyone. There was a few, I knew some people that lived there and I was kind of meeting friends of friends. I ended up um, going to this, a restaurant where a bunch of people in the area had this like burger night. It was basically a bunch of old queens that had a burger night. Okay. That's, that's not code. They were they were <laughs> genuine. They were, they were genuinely el- older gay men who met up on Monday at a burger restaurant and ate burgers. There's no <laughs> no code for that, right? And uh, they were friends of someone else I knew who lived in Phoenix who wasn't in town at the time I was there. And he said, oh, you know, if you're thinking about moving here, you should meet up with my friends, da 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 
they'll tell you good places to live. Da 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 da. They love burgers. They love burgers, not code. <laughs> sure. They just love burgers. <laughs> Anyway, I didn't realize that two of these old queens that basically run the burger night were on the board of directors for this building where I had an illegal Airbnb, oh, right? No. The, the burger restaurant was very near that building. I just thought that I'd been invited to the burger night, not code, because the people that were arranging it were like, oh yeah, we meet up for burgers on Monday and you're near there, da da da. So. We're out having uh, burgers, <laughs> nothing more. Chit-chatting with these people, getting you know some ideas about how Phoenix works and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, you know these two people like say to me, this couple, this this gay couple say like, oh, you know what? Uh, where are you staying? Da, 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 da. And I'm sort of like telling them, and then one of them almost spat out some meat and went. You're not in an Airbnb. Wait, was that code? (laughs) No. That was his disgust that out of the 17 floors of his high-rise that I was about to discover he was on the board of directors for, one of those apartments might be operating an illegal Airbnb. You're not in an Airbnb, are you? That's my building," said the Queen in a much camper way that I just uh, that I that I just uh, <laughs> I re- reenacted. Yeah. I'm like, oh god! So just like that, you ruined the orgy. I mean, burger <laughs> night. I mean, burger <laughs> night. Everyone put their dicks away and went. Okay, we now have much more serious things to deal with. Zip your pants up. We have got an Airbnb illegally operating. It needs to be shut down right now. Is what they said. But it did literally turn into like I was on trial. Because we were all sitting in this on this outside patio. There's probably like eight people. And they all were like, <gasps> give us the details now. It was like I was giving a police statement in court. So right? Guys, I just paid for it. Like, don't shoot the messenger here. So I kind of like skirted around the issues. And I can't remember, probably in a quite uh, unconvincing way. I kind of like was like, no, well, it's like, I kind of know the guy. Yeah, it's sort of. I mean, we're, 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 we're like friends. I don't think it's kind of like, uh, you know, officially an Airbnb. And we um, have our own burger night. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, they were kind of unconvincing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to look into this. I'm going to have to look into this. So anyway, the guy whose Airbnb it was, I said to him afterwards, I said, look, I, 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 th- I unintentionally screwed up. Like, the, I didn't realize the blah, 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 blah. And, you know, the two, the two, uh, the, the couple um, who apparently are on the board of directors are, uh, you know, uh, appalled that you might be doing this. So I'm sorry if you've, you know, I bring any trouble your way. And the guy who owned the, oh, was renting the Airbnb, but subletting it to me for a week. His response was, that fucking old queen, do you know we got the worst paint job done in this building because he hired the painter that he was fucking? And I was like, oh my God, there's such high level drama there. And anyway, I ended up moving to Phoenix about six months That's later. Why, clearly. And I. <laughs> Because I was like, my God, it's so much fun. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, Burgers, and, uh, drama. 
know, and, and, and uh, I'd stayed in touch with, uh, you know, the queens who uh, took it upon themselves to be on the board of directors to run the building. And they were like, so are you moving into such and such towers? I'm like, no, I don't want a bit too much drama going on. It's like a reality TV show is happening across these 17 floors. I don't want to be part right. of it. Right. <laughs> it's a little too much. You know, one episode, fine, but a whole season? No, thank you. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, I, but as I said, for Airbnbs, um, if I'm using an Airbnb, I'm all for it. If I discovered that the apartment next door to where I live in Deep Ellum was being rented out for an Airbnb, I would be the first person down at the front office of this apartment building going, get these fuckers out. I might actually start using all the stories I just told you claim that have happened to me in different Airbnbs, claiming that they're happening here just to expedite the process. Can I, uh, can I give a real professional segue here? You know who's really about to be eating some burgers? Bill Gates. Oh, are you listening, Westwood One? We are. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. I mean, the the ground that we are covering in today's podcast is astounding. Yeah, this is Jeremy's favorite story of oh, the week. I love it. Bill Gates getting divorced from Melinda. First of all, now. Obviously, there's been plenty of jokes thrown around like, oh, Bill Gates is about to be swimming in pussy. Apparently, this guy was already swimming in pussy because the headlines that have been coming out since this story broke have just been great. The ch- Chinese translator is denying that she broke them up because that they the people think that, that, that she was having an affair with Bill. No. Actually, no, it's better than that. There's speculation that she might have been having an affair with Bill or Melinda. Well, here's the... I saw a headline that apparently for years, Melinda has just been allowing Bill Gates to go on annual vacations with his ex-girlfriend. First of all, who knew that Bill Gates had an ex-girlfriend <laughs> this is crazy for i mean okay let's slow down here i'm very excited so what happens next when the richest man in the we've already seen this now once and you know nothing with bezos. bezos right but with bill gates i feel like there's an even added layer of it because they also have all this charity stuff and i mean for years it was talked about how the, his money won't be going to his kids that definitely money is not going to us because now it's still going to go to charity, but a stripper named Charity. <laughs> yeah, I... Um, the, guy, so, the guy's on a path to be the next Charlie Sheen. That's all I'm going to say. We might really see a whole different side, right? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, everyone wants to talk about, you know, there's conspiracies with the whole Bill Gates uh, vaccine thing. I mean... Uh, would th- would this type of guy care that much about controlling the world? No, he's just trying to control like 12 to 15 women. <laughs> I, I did find it intriguing that was it the agreement was that um, was it once a year or once a month? I think once a year he was allowed to go on some beach holiday with his ex girlfriend genius right after during the time he was married to melinda which was obviously for 27 years in total um that's all a bit bizarre i mean he claims that the during the beach holiday they wouldn't have sex that's clearly bullshit no. right right but 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 why wouldn't if that, if that was going on why wouldn't you have married the ex-girlfriend that's why after 27 years and all I mean, like her her statement afterwards was like the relationship is irreconcilable. The only thing that causes a relationship to never be fixed is cheating. Right. It's the only thing you can't get B- over. Bill Bill Gates was definitely going to a lot of burger nights. <laughs> Bill Gates invented burger. <laughs> I, Jimmy Kimmel once told a joke. So he uh, he got hired to roast. Um, 
Bill Gates when he retired from Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And apparently the night did not go very well, according to Jimmy Kimmel. Bill Gates was very offended. He took one of the jokes he told that Bill Gates didn't like was that, you know, as everyone knows, Bill Gates almost got a perfect score on his SAT. He scored a 1580. The one question he got wrong was, what does a vagina look like? The reason Bill Gates was upset about that is because clearly the guy knows what vagina looks like. He is an expert at vagina. <laughs> like, you have no idea how much I'm getting. <laughs> I also want to comment that Bill Gates is so smart that he did better. He got a higher score on his SAT than me, and he did it when it was out of 1,600, and I took it when it was out of 2,400. He still did better than me, and I had a potential 800 points to go. <laughs> so clearly, the guy knows a thing or two, and I think he's going to be just fine. So, well, now there is that school of thought about how he's going to be just fine, um, you know, pussy aside, to uh, coin your phrase. Uh, the money side of it. So uh, they've got nearly 140 billion between them, right? Between him and right. Belinda. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was no prenup. So, Ooh. so well, now I kept on talking to people about this who were going, well, it doesn't matter if he has to give a half of that because the amount of billion he's got left um, is still more than you could possibly spend even if you want the most luxurious, ridiculous lifestyle for the rest of your life. I don't know, man. Charity is a pretty expensive stripper. <laughs> I still think that if you've made that amount of money, to be forced to give away half of $140 billion, like when you make that transfer in Bitcoin or whatever it is Bill Gates does, I don't, I don't know how yeah, that, that, that works. It, it's not about the fact that what you've got left is more than you could possibly spend. And maybe this is just me being a huge capitalist because, you know, money makes the world go round, kids, and anyone who tells you different is a liar. I would still be like, for fuck's sake, I'll give this bitch, like, do you, like it, would, it would aggravate me. I, uh, you know, obviously my bank account looks a lot different than Bill Gates, but I can tell you when my checking goes from 140 to 70, I get very upset about it. I right. can only imagine if there were seven zeros behind that, I would be equally upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that you would be, and just... I mean, I, it seems to me that for as much as they're publicly trying to make this seem amicable, it's probably not. Because it took like one day before the Chinese translator was suddenly part of the story <laughs> to, to, to the extent that she may have been having an affair with Bill or Melinda. Yeah, so both. <laughs> right. There's so much more to come out than that. And then obviously the story about the ex-girlfriend with the beachside va vacations once a year and all that, all, all, all that kind of stuff. So... You know, I don't get the impression it's going to be like, oh, well, you know, it was a fun 27 years, but we just couldn't work it out at the end of the day. I think there's all kinds of is issues there that would make giving up half of 140 billion, it would make him even more angry. Imagine, you think he's going to be angry about the divorce. Imagine how angry Kanye West is going to be when he realizes that Bill Gates is now dating his ex-wife. <laughs> I mean, let Please bring back the Kardashians because I need to see the Bill Gates, Kim Kardashian power couple. Do you also think, because you mentioned Bezos, there's got to be a competitive aspect to this in terms of being the richest person. And it's, 
it may be a, a fun coincidence that Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos both ended up having expensive divorces. You think it's a coincidence? You don't think that Bezos every day was rubbing it in Bill Gates' face like, Haha, I'm still richer than you and I'm swimming in pussy. And so Bill Gates was like, all right, I see your whatever billion and I raise you a divorce and even more pussy. Right, 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 right. So, but, but, uh, but that's what I'm saying. In terms of, it, with Bill Gates having to give up half of his fortune, it's not going to just be about the fact that the half that he's got left is more than enough for him to live on or even the animosity involved with transferring enough Bitcoin for the, the half that he's got to give his, his now ex-wife. I think there's going to be a competitive element there whereby when you start giving away half of your fortune, are you going to carry on being the richest person um, you know, on earth for the rest of your life? Because Everyone likes to be number one, whether it's number one downloads, number one richest person, whatever. And when you've got those two people with an obscene amount of wealth, both giving away half of their fortune or however much the wives, ex-wives are going to end up getting, that kind of like, who's going to win that? And I, th and I think there's, there's that. There will be the, the psychological aspect of looking at the amount of money that Bill Gates has in his bank account and whether that makes him number one. Well, okay, so let's let's take money out of this. Let's try to figure out. Let's just focus on the pussy, which exactly, is what you seem exactly. to be doing for the that's, entire podcast. It's the only thing that matters. <laughs> money does not matter. What we need to see, okay, Bezos left his wife. He he's in a serious relationship with the girl he left it for. Then you have Elon Musk, who's married to a young, attractive singer. Yep. And now you have Bill Gates, who's on the path to, I can only assume, being Hugh Hefner in like three years. I was going to say, is your judgment call as to who wins out of the three richest the one who has the most Hugh Hefner-esque photo yeah. shoot? It's, I mean, it's a combination of quantity and quality. But if you're just getting high quality with one, that's not as good as getting pretty high quality with seven. <laughs> this is basic math. Maybe I should be a billionaire. Maybe you should at least email or do a group email to all three and go, listen, guys, I know there's a big competition going on here. Do you want me to be the judge of this? <laughs> well, you know. I'll organize a Playboy shoot for all three of you, right. and, and let's see let's see whose looks the best. Now, every girl obviously is trying to hop on Bill Gates's radar. You know, they're wondering, is he on Tinder? How do I get involved? <laughs> I'm wondering, how do I get my number in Melinda's iPhone? She's not gonna be doing any work, and she's gonna be chilling with seventy billion. I'm cool with a few yachts. Yeah. Melinda, give me a call. Seventy billion, and maybe the Chinese translator if the rumors are true. I'm cool with a little menage action. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, song of the week. You can vote for that on the website didyouamerica.com or go to the poll on my Twitter where I am at Ian Canfield. If you're on the website, you can also send us messages. If you want to be on the show, you can send us a voice message. If you uh, want to type us a message, you can do that as well. Plus, check out uh, old episodes. If you are new, welcome. We've got months and months of this on the website. Uh, didyouamerica.com, the place to go to for that. Uh, it's also where you can buy one of our T-shirts. Jeremy, how great are our T-shirts? Oh, they feel so good on your nipples. Didyouamerica.com. That's didyouamerica.com. Woo! Didyouamerica.com. Say it again. Didyouamerica.com. One more time. Didyouamerica.com. That was too much. Uh, <laughs> I think we did today. We definitely did.